the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode of May the Life Force Be With You. And today we know we have a really special guest with us, Katie, and we have so much to talk about um, through Katie's wisdom and experience that I just want to dive straight in. So Karila, <laughs> over to you to introduce Katie. I am so, so, so honoured and excited to have <laughs> my beautiful friend Katie as part of this conversation I don't, I was saying to Fiona that I don't think I, we will have such an impressive introduction again. Maybe we will. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Katie is a healing practitioner, a mentor. Her work is about relationship. It's about how to consciously deepen how we know and experience ourselves, others, and the world. She combines practices and wisdoms from 12 years of study that include amazing practices like psychosexual somatic therapy indigenous cosmologies temple healing art and so that spiritual awakening journey is amazing in its own right but on top of that for the last 15 years she has led initiatives internationally in a non-profit sector addressing some of the social and environmental injustices that are created by dominant and disconnected cultures um mainly modern day mainly focusing on modern day slavery and climate breakdown and and you just come back from 40 days and 40 nights on the land in France. And that is why we're not setting intention. We're just like, Katie, wow. you just need to speak. <laughs> Talk to us. <laughs> so how do you hold both? Because I, I know I have ceremonied with you and I know how dedicated and full you are when you commit to a spiritual practice and a spiritual process and that self-development side. And mm. and I'm just, I just know that loads of people are going to be listening to that introduction being like, how did you hold both? How did you do 12 years of that um, sexual energy awakening, not just spirituality, sexual spirituality, which is intense and traumatic <laughs> when you first enter it. And hold this frontline work with all of these communities and cultures and yeah incredibly awful things that are happening in the world like how do you hold both how did you do it (laughs) I think I think that's been the epic learning and isn't that one of the 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 experiences and the gifts that we get by being in this human in lifetime, like holding the fragility that we have as humans and the enormous suffering um, with the immense possibility and all the beauty of life that actually I was really able to connect and touch into very deeply in the forest. 
Um, I'd say those 40 days and 40 nights actually ended up being a real balm for this last 15 years. Um, you know, the work collectively and the nonprofit work, but also my experiences personally and really reconnecting and being able to touch deeply into the immense joy and beauty of life that exists as well. So it is that real ability to hold, to hold both. You must have seen through, through the work you were doing, suffering that most people see through a screen or hear about. Like, so just, I want to hear about the bomb and I want to hear about the growth, but I'd, I'd love to just hear first about why you, what you went into that forest with, if, if you're okay to talk about it. In terms what I of went into the, the forest of work. with. Hmm. How do you mean exactly? What I went into the forest with, so, as in where I was in myself what, at that what, point bomb. before. Yeah. <laughs> what received the bomb? <laughs> what received the bomb? Like, what did the forest bomb, basically? Ah. Uh, you know, I, I've always found that love is a word that gets banded around a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes when people mm. use the word love, I've kind of, it's like I cognitively know what it means. And I think there's a lot of things mm. presented to us as love, whether it's in movies or, you know, caregivers saying this is an expression of love. And, and I felt very confused mm. about that word love and what it actually was. But there was a real deep falling in love in the forest that I hadn't quite, I think you don't, we don't know what we don't know. Like I didn't know that I didn't have an experience or access to this feeling of joy, actually, that I could, I've connected to a joy within me that is part of a, a birthright and a, a possibility for every living thing like a, it's a possible state for every living uh, creature that's born um but because of my personal history and because we're living in pretty um you know there's a lot of disconnection there's a lot of things in our culture talking about western culture which is where i i grew up that um that are kind of we take as normal but actually when you start to think and look and hear perspectives from other cultures realize are actually quite unhealthy and then impact our life force can an you example, give an example of, of from another culture that challenges the western norm um well I think and, and another reason actually this connects to the forest so intellectually I knew that um, all of life is interconnected, you know, that, that the forest is part of me, that the water is alive and it's part of me, that everything has inherent aliveness and, and spirit and vitality. So I cognitively have known that for many years and I've heard many different Indigenous peoples and elders speak of it and it made sense to me. But in the forest, because I had that period of time, I was able to 
connect to it in a more embodied way, which brings me back to the love because I just found myself in tears because of the immense love of the river and the trees and the mountain that I was spending all of my time with and 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 not just time but I really wanted to be with the forest like it is possible and I realized this after the first week that you can go and spend 40 days and 40 nights and you can be quite busy doing quite a lot of stuff <laughs> and you can you can sort of exist you know you sort out your what you're cooking and getting your water and washing in the river and there's the practical stuff and you might be like oh you know maybe I'm gonna go for a walk today or blah 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 but actually this was just about being it was about really cutting out the doing um and being with all the the all of creation that makes the forest from these tiny little bogs at night time that used to the floor was literally glowing I'd never it's like a little glow bog that's in the soil and these little points of light would just sort of pop up in the darkness. You know, and every night I went to, when the sun was setting, the owls would start calling to each other, you know? And so I felt myself as a part of this, like I felt it, rather than just cognitively knowing, yes, it, everything's connected. Oh, I, I, I felt that there. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> And, and and I was just going to um, reflect back on on what Karila said there about that perhaps disconnect that we have in in Western modern culture. Did you get a sense, or do you have a sense now when you reflect back on that experience that we just don't really? It's very easy for us to go around our day to day without appreciating our environment, nature, and we can we can very easily feel disconnected from that energy that you know, the, the land gives us because our feet don't really ever touch the ground sometimes, particularly in high-rise urban environments. You literally don't touch the ground potentially for days. So was mm. that kind of one of the key takeaways that you really felt was, was that jarring of how we live today versus that back to nature, a real kind of connection? Yeah, and I think, I think, I think I'm, re I'm just appreciating how much we don't, like, I didn't know the difference. This was the first time I've experienced that level mm. of connection. And so, because again, it's not mirrored in, in our culture. Mm. Um, we don't really know the difference. It's not like, oh, we remember a time. Well, I think we do actually, I think. And that brings us to sort of our DNA and our ancestry. So I think the memory's mm. there, but it's without having, without conversations like this being a norm. And then this is having had the, the privilege to listen to a lot of um, Indigenous peoples speak and starting to identify like the difference in their experiences and how they perceive and therefore think and act in the world and realising that it's just incredibly different to the way that I was raised um, yeah, just realizing that we just, we almost don't know what we don't, what we don't know. And when I was thinking about, you know, life force and just how we don't even know what it is to hold more life force in our body. Like we can think that the energy that we have access to is, is what it is. That's it. That's life. 
And so I think when you get that little taste of being, you're like, wow, it's like coming up for air almost. It, it's so yeah. interesting that you're you're talking about the 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 forest and 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 this kind of connecting to a greater current of life force being or flowing through you because you're in the forest because when i started working with life force energy my guides mm. were saying that like one of the ways to get life force energy back inside of you is to go into nature purely because in nature there are embodied beings that have their life force flowing through them and and it's like law of inspiration that that when you're in nature you your life force energy comes back into you because there's all of these other physical beings that have life force energy flowing through them and so then we get our life force energy back just by by the law of inspiration by being around other physicalized beings the the problem for a lot of western humans is that we don't actually spend enough time properly in nature as you have just done katie not busying ourselves in nature you can spend time in nature like scrolling on your phone you know yeah, or going for nature, a job like, or listening to music or and learning to and learning from these beings you know a tree is an amazing being in terms mm. of like they keep life force in them for like hundreds of years so so you know they are masters of embodying life force. And I just, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that, that what you're saying is like, it's like we don't actually know. Like we might have it as a concept, but we don't actually know because we haven't been taught it. But the idea that you can learn it from a being that isn't a human, like you have just done because you have, no, you weren't with any other humans forest yeah. in France, but you learn from these other embodied beings in the forest. I How think that's something that the indigenous tribes to 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 touch on some of your other work. That that I get a sense that um, indigenous people have a very deeper connection to the land and respect for it, and a way of working in sync with it that we just don't have from our disconnected urban urban lives is that is that where you you've taken some of what you took into the forest came from that work that you 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 worked with other um indigenous environments as well yeah it's been from listening i mean i've spent the last mm. 6 years through my work just listening to two different indigenous people from different nations and like I said, understanding cognitively and having my whole, pers- the imprints that I received from Western culture totally um, sort of like the things that I thought this is how life is, having those completely questioned and upended and definitely, you know, this this um, time in the forest was about actually directly experiencing and and understanding from within my own body rather than just through through my mind yeah 
And was it hard? Like, at first, was it like Vipassana or something where at first you were in total resistance? Like, did your Western self go, ah, my God, or or did you ease into it? Like, was it hard at first? No, it it wasn't. But I, I I should say, like, I have, the first silence I did was three days and that was maybe over 10 years ago. I did Vipassana, that was 10. I did 30 Mm -hmm. days of silence in 2017. And I think also I just reached such a saturation point in myself of constantly being busy, constantly being on a laptop, constantly addressing, even though all these different studies that I've been doing, the, the work that I was in was still very mind, I should say brain thought centered Mm -hmm. of how do we solve? How do we fix? How do we create change? And I think I just reached such a saturation point with it that actually it was so easy. And I probably, I probably could have stayed long. (laughs) (laughs) I had the option. I would, I would have stayed longer because it was just. I meant to ask you right up front, what 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 did the day-to-day entail? Were you just there by yourself? Were you held in, you know, was the space held for you by anybody else? What 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 did yeah. the day look like and what did the time look like? It's really fascinating. Uh so I was on my own. Um I was a 10-minute walk from um a couple who own a a, a, a beautiful a uh, very sacred uh, piece of land there. The house is there, and it's also um, got a retreat space to it. It's called Le Comte. And um, I was just on the other side of the valley to the mountain Montsegur, which is where the last Cathar stronghold was. And um, so I had a hammock that I just strung up in the forest. And, this is like um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, stuff like the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and that was it, really. I just washed and I washed in the river. Um, you know, I went. There's so a. Did, there's you a, didn't have a tent. You just had no, a hammock. I, I just need no, to. You didn't a, have a it's tent. a camping. It's a camping well, hammock. So it has, it, yeah, it, it has okay. a tarp over it, and I had sleeping bags and blankets. I, you, you have to take, you know, you have to take but care. That of is the as close as you. That is as close as you can get to sleeping with nature under with the nature. stars. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really. I think we went in a tent. That's amazing. No. So you're in the hammock. <laughs> um, how, how did you eat? Did you did you forage or? No, I don't have those, uh, those life skills, unfortunately. So, um, (laughs) I had, I had one of those little gas canisters. Um, so I had Mm -hmm. one, I had one sort of cooking flame, if you will. And then, um, every five, six days, I take the 40 minute walk to the village shop where I could get fruits and vegetables and pasta. Um, I ate base. I basically ate the, the same four meals on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually really beautiful, just to simplify. You know, I think. I think I also mm-hmm. again in modern life we have, in terms of that life force, we have so much choice. 
Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like my my energy gets diluted by just the amount of choices that I might need to make. Um, and so I was really keen to like simplify, 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 which again cut down on the amount of that I was doing in the forest. Yeah, it is actually um, something that um, some of the more uh, or perceived but successful people uh, wear the same things every day. So it's one less thing to think about yeah. in the morning. So from Charles Saatchi to Simon Cowell to um, Steve Jobs, they, they they have a kind of uniform, if you like, because yes. they say it removes one, one, it's one less decision to make during the day. Um, and that's why people often eat the same uh on routine and you kind of are, are just almost on autopilot then and you're not having to to think it's so interesting we've come on to that because the other thing I kind of wanted to speak to you about and I know you were interested in speaking about is sexual energy life mm. force energy where did you get that from Simon Cowell what made you think of because, that because, because, because <laughs> Because Simon Cowell and sexual energy, let's go there. Hand in hand. I was pretty good at that. So no, um, because the uh, so I believe life force energy and sexual energy are part of the same energy body. I do think there are differences with them, and, and I really want to hear your opinion on this. But I know that trauma and sexual energy trauma in particular has a huge impact on life force energy and one of the trauma responses um is avoidance and how avoidance manifests very often in people is in that i don't know i don't know how to make a decision i don't know how to like it's the overwhelm when faced with with knowing yourself because what the avoidance pattern is is your sexual energy leaving your body at a time of trauma that doesn't have to be sexual trauma but at a time mm. where you experience trauma and your life force energy leaves your body and goes into the void mm. and and then when that is re-triggered it happens again and again and it gets triggered by overwhelm of choice I've experienced it. I think other people have. It's like um, that I don't know energy is a sign of the avoidance pattern. And so that's how we got from Simon, from the forest <laughs> to Simon Cowell to um, sexual trauma. But I know like a lot of your, um, you know, a lot of what you can talk about, Kate, and you have so many beautiful things to talk about, but is is eros and life force energy and so i just wanted to yeah ask your opinion on this like how that simplifying helps life force energy and especially eros energy mm. yeah it's so my my sort of current understanding with it all like you said when we experience something that is terrifying to us, part of our soul or life, which I think also forms our life force. It's like the whole patterning that is both physical and non-physical of our sovereign self, mm. our sense of self, it, it leaves. And so that contributes almost to a sense of fragmentation 
And I think in the healing journey, um, part of that work when we bring, because the thing I was realizing, I wrote a whole, so I, <laughs> when I thought the first thing you were going to ask me was, what does life force mean to you? And so I sat down and I've been thinking about this, you know, for a few days, knowing that I was, I was going to be speaking to you. We want to know what it means to you, Kate. <laughs> well, I wrote, I've written like a page. And and I realized it's like it, I could write a dissertation on life force. I realized like it's it's possibly the way I'm feeling it right now is that it's like the science of all sciences that like all science inquiries are just mm-hmm. subsections of this incredible uh, t- topic, if you can even put that word to it. Um, and that in a way, mm. this is one of the great mysteries. Like when, when you hear people talking about the mystery or spiritual traditions talking about the mystery, I think this is one of the massive parts of it because we have the non-physical aspect of ourselves, which mm-hmm. carries a life force energy of vibration to it. That's very powerful and very potent. Mm-hmm. But then we also but we're experiencing it in matter. And this matter is Mm. specific to earth, right? Our bodies are a form of earth. I know that it's, we we can often understand that like the soil is earth and maybe we can get to like the tree is earth, but you know, animals that move around, humans that move around, our bodies are one form of earth. Mm -hmm. So the big inquiry is you know and, and earth carries as you were saying a life force has a very distinct quality of life force that is possibly in all the universes that there are it's very unique to this this planet and so it's like this inquiry of how we can um what did i actually write it's like the, this how spirit or, and which is eternal is is embodied mm. in the body which is finite right it's going to die like everything else mm. in matter it eventually dies so you've got this kind of dance between that which is eternal and that which is in matter which is finite and so it's like how do we access create store and utilize life force energy with a body and so some you know some um schools of inquiry into this have focused very much around the sexual energy elements of it and some of these schools took it down a i won't i'm gonna keep my sexual energy it's the the, the path of can't pronounce the word a, a not atheism aesthetic ascetic don't know help me out here when you you so when you decide when you're you not shame. sharing you're not yeah you're not sharing your sexual energy you take that vow of celibacy to work with that sexual energy that life force energy within yourself and other schools of inquiry have looked at how when you bring together one person's sexual energy with another person's sexual energy, 
the incredible amounts of in in sacred in sacred ceremony and sacred union and the incredible amounts of life force energy that can be created through that through that union so well, yeah and then how, you know, whole schools looking at how life force can be used to heal you know the ayurvedic mm. lineages and the shamanic lineage lineages so yeah i went down a massive rabbit hole with this um it's a big and, subject it's a massive subject and um so what surprised you when you went down that rabbit hole was there was there a stream of thought that you you kind of reflected back on and thought oh gosh I didn't even really know that that's where my mind was leading when I thought of this topic did it all kind of naturally take on a flow for you and your mind kind of went or you 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 felt it in different different areas yeah I think um when I Again, I think the word life force energy, we kind of hear it here and there. It gets banded about a bit, but I never really stopped to consider what I, what it is and what it isn't and how it expresses, you know? So I really, I was feeling into the nature of it. So for example, mm. you know how, like the nature of it is permeable. It, it felt to me. You know, as in we can draw it into ourselves, but we also, we can give it out, which means it, it's, it's permeable. Um, yeah. And, and anyway, all of life is the exchange of life force energy. You know, like when we're eating, we're eating life force energy, presumably. Yes. yes. Yeah, you know, certainly, and, certainly, all indigenous cultures they understand that what they understand this exchange of life force energy. From what I understand, I know you know a lot more about them, but like, then we don't we we eat without considering the life force energy that has gone into that becoming food. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's the life force energy of other things that keep us alive. Yeah, that dance of. All of the interconnectedness of life, and it's a really beautiful practice that I I do a lot. Which is before I eat, I kind of just pause to acknowledge and to think of the waters, the earth, the air, the mycelium, all the, the worms, all the creatures of the soil, the people who planted, the people who harvested, the people who transported everything that has gone into what I'm about to take into into my body which will then become you know my my body um so oh, yeah a beautiful practice I don't think we we acknowledge that really do we it's it's a lot even when you were just describing all of those steps and you think about that energy that goes into creating yes. one plate of food it's incredible. so much energy <laughs> energy that you say is, is, is and, and maybe this is a topic to touch on because I know you also look at climate act activism, is that we assume that it's, it's, it's infinite, but perhaps it's not. Perhaps we have overused some of that and one might say abused some of those resources in that almost um, thoughtless consumption that we've had over, over the last you know couple of hundred mm. years that starts to put that in further disalignment between our appreciation 
and therefore understanding of where our food comes from and our desire to con- consume even more because that consumption is seen as giving us energy but actually we're taking our energy from the wrong places or we we don't have an understanding of of um what we are consuming is actually doing for our energy sometimes it's sapping it <laughs> not giving us more yeah and and that's so that it another thought when i was just reflecting on this before we spoke was that i think we've i think it's a cultural norm again that because we're so low on this kind of what i i'm going to use the word like this infinite nourishing life force and our sources mm-hmm. of it yeah. and understanding the sources of it i think we've in, in this in the search for that we've sort of confused adrenaline and cortisol and those mm-hmm. kind of loops mm-hmm. of creating an, an um, adrenaline and cortisol as as giving as feeling that's how we're trying to access energy but it's mm-hmm. unfortunately very temporary it kind of tends to cause a bit of a, a, a swing in the system, in the hormone system. So it's a bit of a crash and burn situation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and long-term it's damaging. Whereas I think that the life force, as we're talking about it, from whether it's from sunlight or from air or from earth or from sexual energy, when there aren't distortions in there mm-hmm. that is a much more sustaining uplifting health generating form of of life force and i think we've lost the wisdom of that as you're as you're saying fiona and so we're substituting what does that i don't yeah. know what do you think about that Carilla, you look like you're yeah, I, yeah, I actually do. Do. I, th- I think that humans are living you know there's two ways really there's the way of service and there's a the way of extraction. And like we're, when you're in survival mode, you're in extraction. You're like, I just need to, cortisol, yeah. adrenaline, these are survival it's mode. Survival you're like, system. I need to extract life force energy from somewhere and I need to get a hit of it because I need to survive. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're overflowing, which, you know, my guides say that joy is the feeling of um receiving to the point of overflowing. So that experience mm-hmm. that you described in the forest of like true joy is exactly what they've said it is. It's like your life force got so full that then you go into overflow. And that's when you're in service. So you're giving your life force energy into the great mix as well as receiving it because you understand that 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 cycle that it's all of ours. And mm. so, and I feel like most of humanity is living personally and collectively on this like extraction level like you so wisely say because of the supply being slow though there is something I want to ask you though just because I feel like the front lining you have done in the forest on the edges of of that extraction level <laughs> what society is doing culturally and then in your your kind of personal journey with eros I feel like you might be able to like just speak on this is like I'd said very recently that prana is one type of life force energy. It's the life force energy of the earth. And Amrita is the life force energy of spirit and the soul. 
Mm. And suddenly I was like, whoa, there's more than one type of life force energy. <laughs> like, and, and, and that's all they said about it. And I haven't channeled about it more, but I just love to hear if, if you've got any, anything in response to that, if you've got anything based on those frontline views about this idea that maybe there's more than one current of life force energy. Well, that, that's, that's what I was realizing as I started to write about. <laughs> yeah. That I was like, it, it takes, it's like a shapeshifter. That's what I wrote. I feel like life force is a shapeshifter because it felt, it made sense to me that there's life force in Numa, you know, in air and the relationship mm-hmm. of air and breath that we're taking in, we can take in life force that way. And that's, you know, so many practices in different um, mm. spiritual traditions. There's a huge focus on the breath because, because of that, because it touches every single cell in our body. But then I was also like, obviously the sunlight is bringing life force energy. And that also connects to every cell in our body, every cell of plants plant nations and animal nations and then yeah like you're saying that the sexual energy and I think um I wanted to go back to innocence because that's Mm. I want to speak to that I think that's so important uh yes but how in terms of the matter the earth life force like the experience that we're able to have in the human body of life force obviously the sexual um re- like the, the the cells of our sexual mm-hmm. the bio- biology of it and the processes of it um i was just thinking that that is a ca- that is one of the carriers of life force right it is a create those processes those organs are fundamental to the creation of life itself Mm. and so therefore it has to be a a potent um one one way one shape-shifting way of Mm. one language of life force if you will Mm. um and 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 it's powerful you know that's why you know they say sex sells (laughs) <laughs> but it has really been used in that form life force in that form of, of desire self. of desire yeah we talked about desire in our previous uh, conversation yes as well yeah um, there's and, there's one other element that i'd like to to um not challenge you on but you you described in in um conversation we had or or what you sent us before this conversation Mm. and that was your um connection between your thoughts and life force as well so I know we've been trying to move out of our heads and into our bodies and into the earth and into our environment but it's my world is 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 workplace well-being it's very much taking everything we're talking about and translating it into a way that people can feel comfortable and can understand and all the different methodologies and techniques that we use at the end of the day everything everything we do is based on mindset because there's so much power that can come from our thoughts Mm -hmm. and we can see that we can physiologically make a difference to our bodies 
and how we perform and our cortisol and our adrenal um, functions, just my mm. thinking. Mm. Um, and I know that you've brought that up as a reflection as well. So I know we've been trying to get out of our heads <laughs> in some regards, but actually, you know, our thoughts are really powerful in terms of how they influence they our life force as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it it was a big lesson for me um, in the forest. I didn't have any other input, so I wasn't having conversations. I wasn't reading books. I wasn't taking in from um, other human thought. I was just left with my own thought. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm in the forest, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trying. I'm my intention is to be with the forest, and there's no problem. There's no problems around me, but my mind is what the, the analogy that I that I um, came up with. It's like you know how your mobile phone is like constantly scanning for signal. <laughs> it's like That's constantly looking for the signal or the Wi-Fi. My brain, in in order to keep alive, right? Because this is where our identity is sitting. In order to keep alive, it was scanning for something that it could problem solve or fix or analyze. That's what it wanted. Oh. And, and so I'm thinking about things. I, I don't even want to be, my intention is just to be with the forest. I don't want to be analyzing something that, you know, had happened at work a month before. And, but it, it knew. Well, it didn't know, but it, it was looking for the thing that would hook me into going down that track. So I really got to meet all the topics and issues that really caused my mind to want to problem solve or fix. And I sort of connected this back as well to um, like early childhood and kind of with there being a state of sort of anxiety for various different reasons in the house sort of constantly working out how I might be able to like solve or fix this you know and then I feel like I applied it through my work of how do we solve human trafficking how do we solve climate crisis um and that kind of brings me back around to where you started um Karina with the holding both because our thoughts create energy as you're saying Fiona like I understood it it's it's like I know I got clarity on the intentions of what I want to create in my life but my mind and my thoughts were creating something else and because also I being a good girl was very important to my survival as a child I had then created thought system around how can I be a good, how can I be a good person? How can I be good? And in order to be good, I need other things to be bad or I need other people to be bad so that I can prove that I'm good. And so my thoughts were creating these situations where I got to show up and be a good person. And in doing that, I'm making another part of creation bad or inferior. And that is not what I want to create, right? So I realized my intention and my understanding was not aligned with what my, the stories that my mind wanted to create because of the patterning 
of my from from childhood why do you think the mind is it is it that the mind is I always think? looking for something because then the mind gets a load of energy do you think I, the I think mind gets a alive. load of energy yeah it keeps it no i think it keeps it alive it keeps it active it's a life force thing the mind is like i need life I force we need a problem do you think yeah, that's what's it, happening yeah, that's, the that's how i experienced it huh right I was and, saying is that the life force protector, it's it's programmed for that fight or flight. It's programmed so to keep us alive. Yeah. So it's it is on scanning to make sure that there's no imminent danger. Um and that we're ready physically to be able to to combat whatever that danger might be. It's just right now, in the way that most of us live, that danger is an email. It's yeah. not actually a, a lion or tiger or bear. Exactly. So exactly. but we're we're continually stimulated and triggered to be on that heightened alert for something that feels like it's a threat to our life force did you drop in did you manage to to stop the mind scanning eventually in the forest or did it just do it for i experienced i experienced moments (laughs) of it but but a lot of it was really that witness part of myself that's able to see oh i'm thinking being like uh, witnessing this energy form Mm -hmm. of my brain my thoughts doing what they're doing um that that to me is enlightenment that to me is the powers that we we can't stop our thoughts it's just how we're wired as humans for that survival but the conscious awareness we can bring to those thoughts means that we have the ability then to quieten them. And I often compare it to being able to kind of almost see them outside of my mind and to recognize what is a real thought, what is a, hey, you're just being triggered to stay alive, but actually you're not under any threat. And it's that awareness and acknowledgement of those thoughts that I then, you can put them back in your brain and let them quieten down. I kind of use this analogy of almost like, seeing seeing my thoughts and that's my way of controlling them and to me being able to do that consistently and bring more awareness to that is is really the power of mindfulness that people think well how does that actually change how I live but it means that we um are able just to to be quiet to be softer in how we tread lightly through life and in that we use up less energy in doing that but we also come from a place of increased calm increased um uh improved decision making because we're not spiking our stress levels when we make those decisions and and to me that's where that sort of peace and serenity Mm. and acknowledgement of life really comes from it's that awareness of our thoughts and how we can the acknowledgement that we can't stop them no one can stop them well, I we started a practice um, in the forest, which I've carried on doing, and it, it's almost the opposite of meditation. I'm experiencing it as almost the opposite of meditation. So in meditation, I've generally either focused, I've focused my awareness in like this. So it might be in on my breath or in on the sensations of my body. I see a thought come in. I bring it. My, my thought goes here. I notice that. And I take it back to whatever it is I'm focusing in on. And what I've started to do, because I, I, I experienced this in the forest. So you might, I, I kind of imagine that the landscape 
of my awareness can kind of be like, you know, when you look up at the blue sky, if you're somewhere in, without buildings and you just see this expanse of just complete potent, like possible thought, you could think anything, anything. You could experience anything, the amount of like infinite possibility. That's kind of what the blue sky represents. And then I found that every time I was having a thought, it was like I was, it was drawing me into one little spot of that infinite sky. It's like it would cause, if you imagine the sky and you could like draw it together like fabric. Almost like pixelating it. Yeah. <laughs> you can it, find it's a tiny pixel in the Yeah. Sky. So suddenly all of this is not available because my thoughts taken me into a very specific place. And so in this practice, okay. I keep taking my consciousness or my awareness out into that blue infinite potential. So it's almost like rather than meditating into a point like this, I'm I'm sending it through out. the very fabric of of creation. And and every time I see my and thoughts pull me in, I go and dissolve it. I back love out. that. Love that you've just shared that because I was about to be like, if somebody's listening to this, going, I need to go to the forest for forty days, but I can't because I've got kids, and like, I feel like you've just given them a piece of the forty days in the forest. But I was going to say, is is when you expand out, is that where you find that love that you spoke about at the beginning? You know, you said you like found and experienced love. Was it through the expansion or through something else? Well, in the forest, expanding out, I was aware of all the life that was surrounding, all the beings, all the, all the sentient life that was surrounding me. And so I felt the love was towards all of life. But I'd have to say when I'm doing this practice at home and I'm kind of sending my awareness out, yeah, I don't know. It's it's related, but it's not quite the same, I think, now that you've asked me the question. And if somebody wanted to find that love, that, that sense of belonging, is there something you could suggest based on based on your time in the forest or one of the other amazing life experiences, spiritual experiences that you've had? Well, I, the word relationship is, is, is coming and really quite, it could be with a plant in your house. It could be with a pet. It could be with a child. Um, you know, I think as we were saying, it's easier to connect to nature because you're not contending with the personality aspect that we inherently have as humans and the different protection patterns that we have. That's not And extraction present. patterns that we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. human in extraction trying to extract. Yeah. <laughs> but so all of that complexity, which is going on in myself, I'm I'm connecting mm-hmm. to life force that has not got that that aspect of complexity going on. And you can often find that with children, with animals, with plants with a river 
Um, and so just having the intention to deepen your relationship with those, with whatever it is that is near your, you can go and spend time with. And really, as we said, rather than like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to sit here. And then you sit there and you just, you think usually, or you're on your phone or whatever. You sit there with the intention of being present, being with whatever you've chosen to explore this relationship with and not wanting anything from the other, not trying to change it, not trying to negotiate with it, just being present with with it exactly as it is. Yeah, that is a beautiful recommendation. And I can really, really feel why that's important to do it without somebody else as well and why that time of solitude really gives you that it's just easier because as you said you don't have to try and change a person or feel like you have to change or try just shape shift myself to kind of conform to what you think I think I need and I think you think I need and extraction is let's go it's crazy so beautiful Oh my gosh, I feel like we've come full circle, but only a small part of a huge circle of expansion of a blue sky because I can't believe the time has flown by. Oh my gosh, Katie, what a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful that you've come along and shared your life force um, thoughts and your experience with us. I'm deeply grateful. And I know that um, everyone listening will want to discover more. So we'll definitely share all your your details um so that people can can find you but I just personally want to say thank you so much I think we could definitely talk again I I I did say it will come to the end and we'll think oh my gosh we could keep going for another hour and I feel that that is very much the case but I I do want to just say a massive thank you for for joining us in our conversation today well thank you for inviting me and thank you for putting this uh topic on on to the forefront because I have gained a huge amount from from reflecting on it and spending time with it it's it's enriched my understanding so so thank you very much Katie I would like to say you enrich my life and I am so grateful that Mm. you're you're somebody that every time I'm like who do I want to be like I want to be like Kate (laughs) (laughs) you inspire me um, I do have one more question for you. Ooh, time oh, time really uh, is that controversial? <laughs> controversial. Who <laughs> should we interview next? Um, I think that you should interview um, somebody whose work is very much connected with um, birth and death because I don't think we can mm. talk about life force without also talking about death. Is yeah. there somebody you could name? that you can think of um i think it would be one of the people who i've met through shamanic training probably who who does has done more psychopomp work than me so psychopomp mm-hmm. work is assisting souls that have died that they've left their body physically but mm-hmm. for numerous reasons, and this is a whole fascinating topic in itself, they mm-hmm. they haven't their their soul, their their non physical imprint has not transcended to 
um, the other side of the veil, if you want to call it that. And some souls want to go mm-hmm. up to the light because they understand that's the direction they take and some want to go down and some want to go to the directions. But that transition um, and even the, the initiatory process of that transition between life and death. Um, yeah, that is a great, that's great. amazing. But who comes to you? you know, let me, yeah, let me have a thing. I mean, my friend Selena is working a lot with people who are dying, but not necessarily from a shamanic perspective. So I'm trying to think of someone who perhaps is is working with. We both. can follow up on that name because I think that topic in itself is one mm-hmm. that we can. Uh, I really give people a lot of comfort in as well. It's not a topic that we talk Mm. about often in life. And I've started, I I went through a lot of grief myself in the last three years. And it's something that I more openly talk about Mm. now. And I know that when I do, it gives so much comfort for people who are dealing with that on a day-to-day basis. So I I really feel that that is a a really important conversation. So thank you for, for bringing that up for us. We will get exploring, Karila, as to the... And if you think of a name, Katie, let us know. I will do. And and we didn't get to talk about, but it's really important, is the inner, the eros and the innocence piece. So someone, I'll have a think again, but somebody who would speak to to that because I think it's a huge piece that we've lost in Western culture, the innocence of eros, um, which is present in nature and in all all of nature. and. we've really distorted that and I think it's causing a huge amount of harm and, and distortion to our access to life force so yeah I'd love to have you come back and talk about it Katie. Well, yeah. <laughs> but there, there are many other people yeah who could really speak beautifully to that so, yeah okay wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> May the life force be with you Katie. Yeah. May the life force and with you too with you also yeah thank you thank you so much wow wow like (laughs) i feel like wow (laughs) i'm just like (sighs) i feel like that conversation has just made me go oh there's so much in my life i need to just adjust very slightly and have greater relationship with everything do you know i i i i agree and i but i i also think like there's so much to what katie said so much that some people might feel overwhelmed by that and go oh my god where do i start but actually Mm. like we were saying just that little bit of awareness just tapping into just on a tiny moment on a day when you look at this guy like katie suggested or you're starting your coffee in the morning or whatever it might be you just kind of check in that's the first starting point of all of that and I'm almost kind of like feel choked in my in my throat saying that because that that joy moment she talks about where you feel like it's so overwhelming and you're like yes it's not possible that we feel like that all the time it's okay to have contrast it's okay Mm. to have bad days but having our own techniques which is what I really took from Katie's understanding of those 40 days in the forest she found her own way to find those moments we're all going to be slightly different so we don't all have to do what everybody else is doing but if we can just 
take a breath and that widening that moment. the thing she said person. about widening was just yeah gene it was like genius of forest intelligence you know it was yeah. just like oh you can do that well she yeah. said the possibilities it made her realize there was just so many so many possibilities and that's that's a real gift to be able to find that in 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 the situations um and also that it, it brought up love for her as I well know. how beautiful was that 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 was the the kind of takeaway then where where yeah. you know yes we were talking about 40 days of the progress but also talking about slavery simon cow <laughs> we went everywhere <laughs> And that's why, um, you know, we, we took a short moment with, with Katie when we finished up just to reflect on the fact we've so much we want to talk to mm. with Katie. And, we you know, we talked about sexual slavery. We talked about kind of role modelling and, and, and eros and innocence. And I think we agreed right there and then we need we need Katie part two. Basically, we wished we'd recorded that that closing conversation yeah. and so, so that we was are... a closing conversation that was the start of another session so I think we'll we'll certainly bring Katie back because there's so much more depth to the work mm. she does I'm hugely fascinated on, on that kind of real pointy end of the human example of that perhaps darker side of life force mm-hmm. energy that she's worked in yeah. that you know we try and keep things positive but actually you know, I was reading that it's not about having more positive thoughts that make a difference. It's about having less negative. And so mm-hmm. if we can expose the negativity, if we can expose that dark side and, and find ways that we can eliminate that, that's how the natural positivity and lightness will come to the fore. We're not going to get there by thinking more positively. We get there by eradicating that that negative and that dark shadow side, which I know you can talk for days on too. So we're bringing Katie back is the message. We are bringing Katie back. What yeah. Kate did next. What <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that. But on that note, Carilla, on to the next. But I love thank you, darling. I'm so excited. Brilliant. Have a great day, everybody. And we will speak to you soon. May the life force be with you. <laughs> we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has and please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all.